What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. This is episode 54. I am your host, Greg, and I am here tonight with both Tyler and Ryan for a second time. This is insane. Ryan and Tyler, how are you guys doing tonight? Watching some fantastic playoff hockey and drinking a Coke. Oh, good. Yeah. That's watching it. some fantastic playoff hockey and, uh, yeah, just uh, pretty much watching some great hockey. All these playoffs have been pretty good, so. Way to be Take original. <laughs> uh, are you and Ryan in the same room? No. Why does it look like it? <laughs> no, you just said no. the exact same thing. <laughs> okay, Greg. It's, okay, a, it's an echo joke, Tyler. A little bit off of them, but, uh, you know. All right, so we got a couple of things. Tonight's show <laughs> is going to be very interesting. So we got a couple of things to talk about. But first, what I want to start with is Joe Valeno, who today received a three-year entry-level contract. Right now, he is playing for Drummondville. Uh, or did they wrap up? Are they yep, still playing? They are out of the playoffs. Okay, so they've been eliminated. But he uh, he wrapped his season in 59 games. He had 42 goals and 62 assists for 104 points. That is up from his previous year of 64 games between St. John and Drummondville, where he had 79 points. So his totals went pretty far up, I would say. Now we all have to, you know, temp our expectations because we know what happened with Anthony Mantha where he's had like a 120 point season in the queue. The queue is not known as a very defensive league, so it's a pretty good scoring. But from what I've seen uh, in Valeno playing in preseason games and the prospect uh, tournament and development camp, I think he would have been ready to go last season had there not been a huge log jam. Um, But I want to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, getting Valeno's entry-level contract done. And we'll start with you, Ryan. No, it's great. Um, I mean, I think everyone was kind of hopeful that, for one, the Griffins were going to continue on in the Calder Cup playoffs. They unfortunately lost the other night in five games. But uh, it gives Valino now, he's on that ELC. He already was what many of us felt pretty damn close to cracking that roster last year. And to your point that that log jam, which is still pretty much there, um, prevented him from doing so. But what's nice that coming into this season with this ELC is that even if he doesn't start with the wings at, at the beginning of the year, he can still go to the AHL and not have to get worried about getting sent down. So I think overall, no matter what way you look at it, him being on that first deal is going to be awesome. And he'll, he'll definitely be in Detroit sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think what really helped him was that exceptional status uh, got his CHL years out of the way early so that he could join the uh, AHL faster than, than what a normal rookie would. Tyler, what do you think about Valeno's entry level and, and what do you think? Uh, what do you see him doing? Well, I think it's it's like I posted on Twitter today, you know, the, the era for Joe Valeno in Detroit is starting today uh, because I think next year there's pretty much no question unless he has a terrible training camp or you know a terrible summer or you know injury possibilities uh, I, I really don't see him not making the team I think um, he's done everything that he's needed to do in the uh, queue and I don't know if he really does need to go to the AHL so I think you might see him in Detroit next year at some point it may not be right away but at some point you're going to see him in Detroit yeah I'm hoping he follows kind of the same development path as Larkin maybe they'll start him at the wing for a year let him get adjusted, and then move him into center. If he can develop on the same path as Larkin and, and reach kind of the same 
plateaus, I think, like the early draft uh, predictions last year thought he would. I mean, he was at one point a top 10 pick mm-hmm. last yeah. uh, last season. So I think if he can project into that Larkin type role, uh, you've easily got a, a 1C and a 2C in Larkin and Valeno. And that's kind of what you really need in the league now is is two pretty high level centers. And then you can taper off into your your garbage and even worse garbage on the third and fourth line. I guess that we have a Nielsen now and, and Helm or Glendening or whoever. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he'll be fine. I, I'm not too overly concerned if he has kind of a rough go. I don't think there's really much against him in the fact of who's going to be better than him out there. And he already started to show that. I mean, granted, it was a prospect tournament, but he was probably one of the best players out there for the prospect tournament last year. And then just the way he performed in the preseason against NHL caliber guys, uh, if he has a, anything remotely close to that this this coming season, he's in the, he's cracking the top six, if not top nine. Yeah, I pretty easily too. I mean, this isn't a lineup that's going to be hard to get the second center position, really. I mean, right now it's it's held by Athanasiu who, for the life of me, I cannot figure out why he's still playing center and why Blasher likes him at center so much. So I think Valeno could force Athanasiu back to the wing uh, and center the second line with him and Zadina pretty easily uh, next season. It, it'll give him uh, good flexibility, that's for damn sure, if, even if they if they shifted AA back. Yeah, if nothing else, Valeno would be the first call-up if there was an injury, no doubt yeah. in my mind. Mm-hmm. I think I think Valeno um, is going to give you more production than Rasmussen did this year. Well, he's not going to get buried on the fourth line. Yeah. Well, we hope not. Well, I think the thing the thing with that is Rasmussen's position is supposed to be center, but uh, as as a bunch of people have pointed out, his skating is just he's not fast enough to be a center. Yeah. He can't back check fast enough because he's too big. I wonder so, if he'll ever get there, though, like Sean Couturier did. For a while, Couturier was playing wing because he wasn't good enough or fast enough to play center. He worked on that a few years. Now he's I don't, not a top – he's not a second-line center per se, but he's actually he's actually pretty good. He's a shutdown guy. Well, so. if you remember, Asmussen couldn't really work out to his full capacity last offseason because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's been two off seasons like that now where he hasn't really been able to work out as hard as he probably could. So I think one really good off season workout and then just come into camp ready to go for Rasmussen. But I still say park him in front of the net like a Holmstrom and, and let him tip pucks in and, and wreak havoc on the goalie and block sight lanes. That's all. That's what he's going to be really good at. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's what a lo- that's what a lot of people expected Mantha to be, but he's just not that type of player. You know, he's more of a sniper, he's more of a shooter, that kind of guy. He's not really the guy that's going to stand in front of the net and be, um, you know, like Holmstrom was at one point, or like Franz and could could be at times. Yeah, Raz showed that he like he liked it in front of the net, and he had some pretty pretty goals uh, yeah. this year, and some just good plays in general, even if they weren't going in the net. But it, is he? I know we talked about it. Is he living with Larkin this summer, or is he living in the, in the metro area? He did last season. Last season, he was all with Larkin. I haven't seen anything about his arrangements for the summer, mm-hmm. but I would assume that you'd probably want to stay in the area for training uh, because that's where your staff is. That's where the facility is. I mean, they built one of the best training facilities in the entire country. A little for a reason. Arena. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. It's got cryotherapy and all this other stuff. So I don't understand why you would. I can understand why you might want to move back to home to see family and, and stuff like that. But I would probably spend a bulk of my time in Detroit training with the, the staff and the team uh, at the best arena in the country. So yeah, I feel like Kim and Chalowski should just be gym buddies, be the bros this year. This yeah, Chalowski was was working out in Detroit last off season too. Mm-hmm. He, so. Max had a really good article about that with the off season or off yeah off season program that Chalowski had going on. I think he was up in Plymouth for most of it. It feels like to me that this young core of Red Wings are starting to tape take a little bit of a shape with, you know, you obviously have Larkin and Mantha and Athanasiu. They're their own class, but then you have the Chalowskis, you have the Valenos, you have the um, Rasmussens. Now the Zadina's coming, or I guess the Valenos and the Zadina's coming. And, and, you know, it's just, it's starting to take shape. I, I don't know what it's going to be in a few years, but it's starting to take shape. And that's, that's a good thing to see, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of starting to take shape, oh God. Um, this is where we're going to get into the bulk of our podcast tonight because I, I, I'm not kidding when I said I literally like today, hockey Twitter became hockey Facebook <laughs> in the fact that the report came out and I'm sure everyone has seen it by now that Datsuk is not going back to SKA St. Petersburg. Yeah. He's not going back to St. Petersburg. Okay. So that led people to think, oh, you know what? He's definitely coming back to the Red Wings, in which no one ever said anything about. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight and why the fact that that is literally the worst idea ever. And it's not beautiful. I think what I want to do is I want to I want to start with what the lineup is probably going to look like next season. And then you can tell me, Tyler, because Tyler is on the opposite side of the fence of me and Ryan, where Datsuk fits into this. So next season, you're looking at uh, your top line of Mantha, Larkin, Bertuzzi. Your second line is hopefully something to the effect of Athanasiu, Valeno, Zadina. Your third line looks like Rasmussen, Nielsen, Hiroshi. Your fourth line looks like Abdulkader, Helm, Glendening, and your extra forward is Christopher N. Your defense, which it doesn't matter for the Datsuk situation, but your defense is DeKaiser Hronik, Chalowski Green, Bowie Daly, and Erickson as the extra D. So there's no room on this roster if you want to keep developing that chemistry. There's no room on this roster if you want to play rookies. And there's no room on this roster if you are indeed rebuilding and moving forward with this team. But by all means, Tyler, go ahead. Okay, so there's a few angles you can look at this. There's a, there's that angle, which, I mean, I can see. You know, you're developing something. Why why break it up? Here's the other thing. You're, you're losing Vanek, who is a good leader in the locker room, unless, you know, they end up re-signing him, because who knows. Abdul Kader's not a great leader. Nielsen, uh, we'll see who, how good of a leader he really is. And then, you know, you have Cronwall, who we still don't even really know if he's coming back or not. So if Cronwall doesn't come back and, you know, who knows what's going to happen trade-wise and, you know, because Eisenman's going to want to put a, his own print on this at some point. I don't know if it's going to be right away. I don't know if it's going to be at the draft or free agency or what have you. But Pavel Datsu coming back, if anything, I don't know if he's going to give you anything offensively. 
but I know he's going to give you someone to look up to and lead by example. And that's where you put a guy like Datsuk on the third line. And yes, you keep Athanasio on the second line center. And maybe Valeno's not ready to play in the NHL just yet. The players can learn from Pavel Datsuk. And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Now, obviously, leadership is so important when grooming a team. And leadership is something, you know, that's important. Even if it's just for one year, Datsu coming back and playing on the third line center for one year um, and being on the second power play unit, or, or maybe not even being on the second power play unit. Maybe they just use him as a third line center and uh, maybe even a penalty killer here and there. They, that would be great for the Red Wings just because Datsuk's been there. He's done that. He knows what it takes to win. The NHL, sure, it's changed just a little bit, but attention to detail has never changed. And that's one thing that Datsuk and Zetterberg always brought to the table, attention to detail um, and, and hard work. And, and that's one thing that um, Datsuk and Zetterberg both brought to the table, hard work. And, and even in the gym, that's another thing. You know, these players and these kids think they know everything. Now, obviously, they have some guidance with Cronwall and these guys, but Datsuk could be a, a good addition to the locker room. The other thing is Datsuk coming back, the only way that I'd even entertain it is if it's not a high salary at all, like maybe a million, Well, uh, you know, whatever the minimum is. Did you see what Helene St. James said today? No. She said if he came back, it would probably in the air, be in the area of one year, four million. No. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm out. She said I'm three out. and a half to four million. Yeah. I'm out. Because he was making four million in Russia. Yeah. I'm out. If that's so, the case. So the thing about that is, and I talked to, to Darren Elliott last season, and he said the whole leadership in the locker room and on ice example thing is extremely overblown. He says no, that the players not. know what they're doing. They get out there and they do their job and they've been trained to do that job. If you look at people like Larkin will be in his fifth year. It's Larkin's yeah. team. Datsuit coming back would completely distract from that. If you look at Green, Green's been in the league forever. He's a vet. Uh, uh, that's true. Mike Green. DeKaiser's been in the league for a while. Daly has been in the league forever. He's a vet. Glendening uh, Helm. Glenn Denning and Helm oh, have been in for a long and you can say oh god but like they're it's the same situation they've played with Datsuk and and my thing is is if you want to bring Datsuk so bad back so bad why not bring him back as a skills coach why does he have to be on the ice there's no to me if you want a huge distraction and I get people want to put butts in seats and people want to sell tickets I think signing Iserman as a general manager more than does that yep I don't think you need Datsuk to do that right now. And you can see even how just the mention of his name has distracted everybody. You want to distract people from Larkin becoming the face of the team, put Datsuk on the ice. You want to distract people from rookies, put Datsuk on the ice. You want to take a spot from someone so that uh, maybe if Valeno's good enough to play, you sign Datsuk. He can't play. He's getting pushed off another year. I I just I cannot see a positive to bringing him back as a player. I can see a ton of positives of bringing him back as a development coach, to bringing him back as a skills guy, to bringing him back as a scout, to having him around the locker room. But I cannot see a benefit to bringing him back as a player. In his last season it, with Scott St. Petersburg, in 54 games played, he had 42 points, 12 goals, 30 assists. So 
his last season with Detroit, he played 66 games, had 16 goals and uh, 33 assists. If he cannot manage those numbers right now in the KHL, I think his his ceiling in the NHL, if he were to come back, would be like 30 points. I just, I don't see, especially if you're putting him on our third line, you're putting him with Rasmussen and Hiroshi, okay. Uh, but I mean, even if you try and move, the, what they would do is get the bright idea that he played with Ablocator before, so they would put Ablocator oh, on his cool. line and it'd be garbage production. <laughs> I just... Well, it's another top five pick. But we'll get that anyways. <laughs> That's the thing is, if you're playing, that's like to suck. Exactly, we suck without him. We'd suck with him. It just Zadina's not gonna come right into the NHL and put up sixty points. I mean, I'll tell you one thing, Greg. If Pavel Datsuk wants to play, and and he comes and tells Steve Eisenman and Mike um, Chris Illich that he wants to play, he's gonna play, and it's gonna be with the Red Wings, and it's going to be for whatever. Hopefully not four million. That would be a little absurd. Actually, a lot absurd. But if he comes back and gets a veteran minimum, and he really wants to play, he's going to play. He's a face. He's not a face of the franchise, but he's an icon in the city of Detroit. He's an icon with the Red Wings, and that's just the way it goes. So I don't think Eiserman would allow it. And the reason that I say that is he preached patience his entire interview, and he also said that he's not going to come in and make some big splashy signing just to make us a little bit better next season and that's does what this that make us do. even a little bit better though uh that's what everyone's arguing is that people are saying he'd still put up oh he was a point per game in russia he'll put up at least uh 50 55 points i and which is highly doubtful and personally Ryan, i'd love to just see him back i'd love to awesome. see him back but not as a player <clears throat> honestly and the reason he went to russia was to be with his family his family's not over here no, they're just coming here on vacation. That's the only thing that is actually taking place. But Ryan, I want to hear your your thoughts about the whole Datsuk conundrum. You know, growing up a Wings fan, I've been spoiled with my first true love was Stevie Y. You look at the roster that was built, and it was built for him. Also at that time, as the caveat, little asterisks, if you will, is the fact that the salary cap wasn't a thing. So they were able to put guys like, say, let's look at O2, Brett Hall, Dominic Hasek, Luke Robitaille, Sergey Fedorov, Brendan Shanahan, Larry Murphy, Nick Lidstrom, Brian Rafalski, all these types of players around him. And it was great. You didn't care who the young buck was in charge because they had their buck in charge, and that was Steve Eiserman. Dads came around. He was on the O2 roster. He was on the, what, the two kids in a, in a goat line with Hall and Boyd Devereaux, I think it was. And it was fantastic. Yes. Datsuk spent all these years here, did everything he had to do, and that's all he had to do. The torch has been passed. If you look at Holland's focus, yeah, he wants those couple guys that have that veteran presence in the locker room or on the team or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, are these guys producing? Vanek, you can say yes, he has. You look at his other signings, though. Nielsen, it's, it's, it's a wash, in my opinion. Abdulkader has had one good season and got rewarded for it, just like Jonathan Erickson. What true benefit to me does bringing in a what will be a 41-year-old Pavel Datsuk making it apparently $4.5 million for one season, what does that do overall for the team? 
At four and a half, nothing. At one, I can swallow it. If it's one, I can see it. But at the same time, there's nowhere to, there's no room. There's of course there is. Valeno just doesn't make the team. But so you'd why rather sacrifice punish... a, a player that should likely be in the NHL because... for a guy that is injury prone at 41 he probably would still have the best hands in the league i'm not going to question any of that but so you get him he goes down hurt so then you can bring in valeno because somebody got hurt because there's no room or even if he that could possibly end up taking zadina or svechnikov spot well valeno this whole thing valeno didn't get to play in the ahl or didn't get to play in the ahl uh in the this cup run um, because he was doing his own cup run in, in the QMJHL. Larkin, when he came up, we, we said we wanted to keep him as, as the um, the kind of similar similar uh, situation to Larkin. So Larkin played in the AHL playoffs, in the Calder Cup playoffs. Oh, yeah. And then the next spring, then or the next fall, he ended up making the team out of training camp. So Valeno possibly could end up doing the same thing, playing in the AHL and then eventually making the NHL roster, whether that be in October or November or who knows what's going to happen with the lockout situation or the, the CBA situation. Hopefully nothing, but that's the thing. But if he's good <laughs> yeah. enough, the thing is if he's good enough, why block him with another vet after this entire time we're screaming, get rid of vets? Especially we're screaming, let the old guy's contracts drop off. He's going to be 41 years old. Sure, you don't lose your hockey IQ, but you sure as hell lose your knees and your back. We can bring Fedorov back, too. No. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, people saying, oh, bring Fedorov back into the, the front office. Fedorov basically got fired by his KHL team for mismanagement hmm. as the general manager. They've basically fired him as the general manager and then removed the general manager position from that team completely. So, what's it, what so, team was he in charge of? He was in charge of CSK Moscow, I think. But it's so they don't have a GM anymore because that position's gone and he just sits on an advisory board. Hmm. So, I mean, it's I don't like bringing in players, former players for warm, fuzzy feelings and nostalgia. No, no. what I think they should do, and this is all kidding aside, I think they should retire the number 91. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone does. It's it's an illich grudge that hasn't gone away. But, I think that'll change a little bit, but that's a completely different subject. Yeah. If this, if we were a team, if this Red Wings team was like, you know, maybe in the playoffs right now, and there's a couple ex- expiring contracts, and they had still an established core from when Datsuk originally left, I would 100% say, fuck it, let's do it. However, Bringing in Datsuk doesn't make this – he'll make players better. That's the type of player that he is and the type of person he is. When he's on the ice, ever since he started back in 02 with the two kids in a goat line, he made that guys that he played with better. He will always be that player. But at what cost now does that need to happen? You can't just go buying out these guys. That Everyone, Helene, put fed the masses of that the wings should – um, wave advocator to clear that space out. But even still, there's too many guys that are knocking on the door ready to cross that threshold to be a, an everyday NHL player that it doesn't 
to me, the benefit doesn't make it truly worth it. No, and even at the point that I'm at with the lineup for next season, if Valeno doesn't make it, I mean, if Valeno makes it, you're already pushing out Christopher N. He's already going back to Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. So if Valeno doesn't make it, you need a spot in your lineup for Christopher N because he's been that fourth line grinder. I mean, another person I left out is Jacob De La Rose. He's not in my lineup either. Mm -hmm. They would either have to waive him or trade him or set him to Grand Rapids. I mean, it's, it's it's a packed roster already. Throwing in a 41-year-old vet does not help. It doesn't help the team move forward in the rebuild. It doesn't help the kids get chemistry with each other to try and improve over the previous season. It it throws another distraction in there that I think is completely unnecessary going forward. And I think Iserman is smart enough to know that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to trust Stevie for whatever he wants to do. I just think it's the completely wrong choice. Well, if he does it, he does it. Um, it better not be at four million. That that would be like absurd. Him coming back for four million. He's not even close to the player he was when he left. Uh, you know, what was it two years ago now? Three years ago. He was now? making what seven and a half when he left. Yeah, he was making seven and a half million, which was good. They ended up trading that to uh, the the contract to Arizona. Right, but. The fact of the matter is, it's like he's not even close to the player he was. So if he if he comes back and it's more than one point five million, it's too much. It's way yeah. too much. And I don't think he would take. I mean, he can go home to his hometown team and make more than one point five million. I guarantee you, they give him at least three. Mm-hmm. So, how many buyouts would you sign him? Does the team actually have left? Is it, is are they restricted to three, or they have just whatever they can afford? Well, they've already got yeah, two on the on the books. Two. Or is it they can have three at, a, at, at any particular time? I'm trying to read uh, cap friendly, but it's not making that much sense to me right now. I'm also not re- reading it very well. I was just curious because the, there's been a lot of people throwing out, well, why don't you just go buy out this person, this person? No. So buyouts are not worth it unless the player has two or fewer years left on his uh, contract. If you were to buy out someone like Nielsen, you're paying three-fourths of that salary for like eight years. Mm-hmm. If you buy an applicator, you're paying it for six years. It's not at all worth it. So and people buy- say, well, the cap goes up every year, but that's still money that's eaten because when the cap goes up, salaries also go up. That's why mm-hmm. the cap goes up. So if if they were to buy out Erickson, I guess it doesn't really make sense. There's only one year left on his contract. So They'd pay him no for point. two more years at an entry-level type deal. Well, actually, I take that back. Yeah, Erickson would be like 1.4 mil to buy out for two more years. And then Daly is like 770,000 or some shit. Yeah, like it's that. just not even worth it at that point. Just let no. the guys play. Daly exactly. could retire, too. That's another thing. I don't think he will. I th- I actually think if you're trying to trade a defenseman, Daly is the only one that, that could be traded because of his uh, – playoff experience in his runs with Pittsburgh. And actually, I think a team like Pittsburgh might want to pick him back up. Wasn't there some speculation on that last year, too? There's speculation all over. I, I'm trying to tune a lot of it out because Colfin is one of the ones that has fanned the Datsuk Flames, which pissed me off today. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm not going to listen to it unless I get it from an official source like someone from TSN, I guess now. Bob- Bob McKenzie said he doubts that it would happen. Actually. Yeah, 
Bob says he's most likely going to go. Bob says Datsuk will most likely go play for his hometown team, which I, I guess, I mean, that's the way I'm taking it too, because that's what he said he's always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What's his hometown team? Oh God. Uh, you're going to make me pronounce this tractor or whatever. <laughs> Wait, tractor. The tractor? There's a t- there is, no, there is a team called tractor. I don't T-R-A-C-T-O-R. think it's a C T O R. It's uh Avtomobilist Yekaterinburg. Oh, so, so so that's the automo automobilist or whatever. Yeah. The okay. Avtomobilist Yek So basically it's it's, it's almost a, as hard as Yesperi Katkaniemi. Yeah. Well let's not bring that up. It's summertime now. <laughs> Enough of yeah, that. They're both golfing. That's but I do think Datsuk goes home. I don't see any reason for him not to. I can see maybe them sign. If he's not going to go home, I can see him retiring, signing a one-day contract with the Red Wings just so he can retire a Red Wing and not a fucking Phoenix Coyote or Arizona Coyote. He can't do that until July 1st. Yeah, exactly. But they would just he carry him on He can't sign until July 1st anyways. Yeah, yeah, they would just carry him for that's, a one-day contract or whatever. That's what I meant because the Coyotes hold his rights up until that point. So that's my rant. That's I think that's our podcast actually. I don't really have I just I threw shit out the window because everyone pissed me off today. So we just went with we're gonna rant about Datsuk. Um sure. so Tyler's in camp bring him back for a million dollars and me and Ryan are in camp don't bring him back at all. It's a distraction. Some people some people are in the camp of bring him back for for what Ryan said, four and a half. Some people are that's, in the camp would, of bringing him back no matter what. I don't get why you would be okay with paying. I mean, two million is the max that I would be comfortable with. But even still, you have unless moves are made to clear up additional space on that roster, it just doesn't. It, it won't make sense to me. No, and that's why I said that that uh, hockey Twitter became hockey Facebook today because everyone put on their Homer hats and said, "Yep, bring him back." Because it's a name they recognize and they, it makes them warm and fuzzy feelings inside and and th- makes them think of better days. But then when the games start and he's out for 20 games and there's still shit, they'll start screaming at their TV again because he's not going to improve the team. No. That's the thing. He'll be fun to watch, yes. But is it going to be he, – he can't play 20 minutes a night. No. And we still had a semi-healthy Henrik Zetterberg and the team still sucked. Yeah. So <laughs> – a not that very played healthy every single game. Exactly. A not very healthy Pavel Datsuk is not going to help. It's not going to help. It may be fun to look at and he might have some fun deeks and stuff like that, but you're going to finish again, bottom five in the league and ask yourself why you even bothered doing it. Why'd you well, bother setting the rebuild back? Well, if I don't think you're setting it back really. I mean, depending I guess, on I guess who's ready to play. Yeah. Yes. It depends on who's ready to play. And the other thing is too, like, I know, I know this is selfish in a way, but seeing Datsuk play and, and you know dangle and you know seeing those videos and stuff that would be awesome. Just for one season, even if it's just a one season thing, and then he retires at the end of it, just to see him play one more time, you know, in the new arena because he's never played there and stuff like that. That would be cool. I mean, you... Tyler, uh, I'm gonna do this for you real quick. Um, <laughs> if you go to your browser and you type in youtube.com and you and you search pavel datsuk highlights you can watch him dangle all day yeah i know i'd like to watch it live one more time <laughs> kind of like i did in the olympics this uh past you no know, two winters ago is he yeah, is he uh, playing in the worlds 
I don't no. think so. No, I don't think so. I was just curious. I, think I, that, I haven't seen the Russian roster. I know that they named the captains the other day, which their captains are quite solid. I think we're going to wrap up tonight. Uh, let's get your final thoughts. We'll start with you, Tyler. Uh, Pavel Datsuk coming back to Detroit. That would be pretty awesome. But Greg disagrees. We'll agree to disagree and uh, move on. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Ryan. <laughs> uh, so if Datsuk comes back, that's – the right choice if he does come back it fucking is what it is also as my last thought brad marchand should have been suspended he'll never fucking change my mind he's a piece of shit twitter handle handle is already ryan 33 my final thoughts are uh i guess we're gonna go with trust in eiserman Uh, in eiserman we trust eiser plan yeah eiser plan trust trust the eiser plan trust the process don't Uh, say that he Don't said you it. say that. He Trust said it. the process. God damn it. So I think if he comes back, I just think you're not you're not stunting the rebuild, but you're not doing anything really to move it forward. So that doesn't move the needle for you, Greg? No, not at all. Don't move the needle. Needle does not move. <laughs> uh, but those are my final thoughts. I'm glad that Joe Valeno uh, signed his entry level contract, and I hope he can tear it up in development camp and earn a spot on the roster. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline Pod. We are running a contest currently. So if you go to our page and you find that post, if you like it, retweet it, and make sure you're following us, you have a chance to win one of the shirts we posted from our merch shop. Speaking of merch shop, we have one. If you go to redbubble.com and search The Grindline, you will find our merch shop uh, where you can get t-shirts and mugs and travel cups and all bunch of fun stuff. Uh, again, you can find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, TuneIn, uh, soon to be radio.com, Stitcher, wherever you're currently listening to it. That's where it's at. <laughs> but for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.